Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, challenge, and empower collaboration while taking big actions. With your hosts, recruiting genius Jennifer Rojas, credit master Valerie James, beauty maker Christina Wirtz, the man in action Rob Actis, and lover of all things marketing, Elisa Lane. Good morning. Christina, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me okay? Yes, good morning. I, I know you flew in this morning. Uh, last night. My flight got in at midnight. Oh, nice, nice. How was the trip? It was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Only got five hours of sleep, but I'm here. I'm ready. Nice. And I know you're in traffic right now, but you're on your way, which is awesome. <laughs> yes. We love calling I'm, everybody I'm, I'm out. I'm excited that I can just call in. That's pretty cool. I know. I don't let anybody do that. Really? I'm a special yeah. one? I'm weird like that, right? <laughs> so we have. So who do we have with us? Since I'm not there, we have Allison Daniels. Hello. Talking about eBay sales for children. Mm-hmm. Still doing that? Yeah, mostly awesome. kids. And we have Greg Friedman talking about big people sales wow. on Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. All sizes, really. And uh, eBay as well. So yeah. Kind of the whole entrepreneur taking a different approach to everything in retail. And it's funny because I did retail years ago, and this is like completely new. Like everyone is your buyer, which is awesome. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So I know, Allison, you're going to take off soon. So I wanted to start with you. Like okay. What got you started? How did you even get started? And oh, I was living in Northern California and moved back here and was going to work for my dad, actually selling stuff on eBay for him. <laughs> And he owns a truck salvage yard, which I know nothing about. So I sat there for weeks waiting for him to give me stuff to sell or, you know, tell me what to do. And I was just going crazy. And I've always loved to shop. So I just happened to, like, go into his store. And they had Ugg boots for super cheap, like $30 a pair. And I was like, you know what? I could probably buy these and resell these myself. So I started kind of doing that on the side. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I'm making a lot more money doing this than I am sitting in my dad's office and this is fun I love to shop and it's I'm earning a great living so I fired myself from that job and just kind of started doing eBay full-time and it's stuck it's been I think this is my 14th year doing it so yeah so it's been good (laughs) that's impressive I think she won that (laughs) (laughs) how long have you been doing it Greg um a little bit over two years at this point okay yeah but you focus on Children's clothing. Why children's I do. Clothing? Well, I started off with mostly women's clothing and shoes, like high-end handbags and shoes. And then I had kids and was, you know, didn't have as much disposable income and carrying a $2,000 purse seemed a little silly. So I started buying um, kids stuff because then I could put my kids in really awesome clothes and shoes. And the cool thing is, like, I can buy something, they can wear it for a season, I can resell it, and I'm still making money off of it. So kind of just selfishly moved into kids so that I could clothe them and fun stuff and still keep making money that's cool so i've been talking to greg and it's funny because how he perceives it it's almost like recycling yeah Mm, totally yeah yeah like i i before i donate anything i'm like okay what could i sell this like can i make money off of this like Mm. somebody else will use it and love it you know it always has life left in it so Mm. yeah i mean for me i know that's that ended up it wasn't necessarily what i intended when i began but I really have come to see kind of the purpose of my business is there's all these wonderful things that still have a ton of use and very often the people that have them aren't happy necessarily even having them. Mm -hmm. So moving them to a place where somebody will appreciate it and then being able to actually earn a living just as a part of that transaction, it's to me, it's a big part of what makes it so exciting to be 
in this type of business, in this type of just way of being an entrepreneur. So I, I totally get that, yeah. Do you find it difficult now that a lot of more people than I think when you started are involved? Um, my difficulties more <laughs> are with eBay and, and stuff like that than they are finding potential customers because I'm sure like what Greg does, I sell mostly higher end stuff. So people are looking for specific brands. They want like those Burberry kid shoes in that size. So they went to Nordstrom or Neiman Marcus and don't want to pay that price. So they're looking specifically for what I have. So I think that my buyers are hopefully, knock on wood, always going to be out there. So I haven't really run into that, but I kind of um, change what I sell depending on the season and, you know, just this time change and stuff. I you know, switch up styles and stuff like that. So I try to stay current and relevant. And where do you buy? Are you going to give us the No. <laughs> Why? Why would I do that? Greg tells me all the secrets. <laughs> well, so I actually do have a very, very different viewpoint on that. Because when I first began, you know, like I was shopping at, you know, Ross and TJ Maxx and like probably within my first month or two of really getting started, I found a couple other sellers out in the wild. Mm hmm. And like for me, I was like, oh, hey, let me just, you know, for me, I'm open. I'm just going to want to talk about it. And they were very kind of hush hush, like didn't want to say what they did, didn't want to say how long they'd been at it. And then I was like, oh, OK, like that's just clearly what you do in this. And it made sense in the, you know, if I'm going to a certain place and finding certain things, I don't want to share necessarily. But as time went on, what I found was people were as soon as I shared just what I was even up to. People were interested in learning more. Like, oh, you shop for a living? Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Like, I, I think there's probably a significant portion of the population that that sounds like a really fun thing to do. So what I began doing was really just taking people out and literally training them in what I do. That's awesome. And I found that for most people, once you actually showed them the reality of what it was, they thought, oh, okay, like this isn't for me. Right. I have experienced that as well. Perfect. Or... I've actually, there's three other people in town that I showed what I do, selling through Amazon and eBay, mm -hmm. that picked it up and ran with it. As an example, my cousin has actually grown his business to be bigger than my own, and he shops at completely different places than I do, and most of what he does is in kind of the toy and games area. So even though I took him out and literally showed him like the product that I was making most of my money with, he just picked it up and iterated it into something different. To me, there's incredible value in sharing what I've been doing because bringing somebody else in they're going to have a different perspective mm -hmm. um, high fashion is not part of my everyday life so people that are interested in shopping have a perspective they have information and knowledge that I don't have and there's entire brands that I've been turned on to just because of somebody that I shared my business with mm -hmm. it's like oh I know that brand that's something that's that and then now that's suddenly in my repertoire so for me actually the i have found my ability to be successful expands the more that i share what i'm up to with people that are just casually interested it's interesting because i also know you have a very unique way of keeping track of everything too like you love the spreadsheet world and keeping track of it all is that something for you too allison yeah I'm, oh. I have to be super organized. Because I think that's definitely key. Like knowing what's there, your profit margin. I mean, it's all of that. Mm -hmm. So in the in the world of collaboration, I, I'm a member of a business networking group and I met with a financial planner, you know, just to you know, general get to know him. And I began explaining my business. And for him, 
he has history in like the commodities markets, like trading on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. So as soon as I began explaining it, he says, oh, you're just in an inventory business. Mm -hmm. Like all it is is you just managing the amount of money you have in inventory, looking at how quickly it, and instantly had an understanding of the business. So a lot of it does boil down to quite literally figuring out what you're doing with your money. However mm -hmm. much money you have invested in product, being able to be tracking and understanding what sells, what's not selling, like you talked about, just um, working on the trends and what the seasons are and things like that. Like, that's a big, that's a big part of what it is. So what happens to the stuff that doesn't sell? What do you do? Donate it. You donate it's, it? Yeah, it's rare for me. I mean, I'll mark stuff down. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, I... Like you yeah. have sales. Oh, all the time. Yeah, if something doesn't sell, because I don't want to sit on stuff. It drives me crazy. I want... I don't want to keep anything more than like a month. So if I have it more than a month, I mark it down like 10% and I just keep doing that. And then if it doesn't go, which is rare for me, I just donate it. Cause, mostly because I'm just, nope, I don't want to deal with that anymore. I'm just going to donate it and somebody else will love it. And, and it ends up, you know, ends up costing money to continue doing listings and stuff. So. Well, and for me, I would say it's more, I, Amazon is the primary place that I try to sell through just because it allows, they allow me to store things at their warehouse so I don't actually have it in my physical space. Mm. When it gets kicked back from there, then sometimes, I mean, literally I've had products that I've just put on a shelf for six or 12 months, and then the season came around again. I will do that for seasonal stuff, yeah. And then you can just send it back in again. Or, you know, if something doesn't sell on Amazon, maybe eBay's the right place for it, and then eventually it does end up kind of just going into the, the do donation place as well. Mm-hmm. And you just, at least for me, at the front end when I'm making my buying decisions, just understanding there's a certain percentage that's going to sell quick, and there's a certain percentage that's going to sell slow, mm -hmm. and there's a certain percentage that just is never going to sell, and mm -hmm. that's just the reality of the business. Yeah, that's the cost of doing business for sure. Mm -hmm. Now with Amazon, everything is new, correct? Not necessarily. Okay, they do allow used way. things. So used clothing? Uh, clothing, they don't want to do a whole lot of use, and I, I don't know anybody that would want to buy that way. Um, but more... <laughs> well, that's mainly eBay, though. Yeah, that's... I mean, my stuff yeah. is all used. So. Yeah. Well, and Amazon, like, just doing things new is typically... At least for me, it's just the niche that I found that I've fallen into. Um, on Amazon, like, books, media-type things, where something can be used and then used again without any real appreciable wear and tear... I mean, Amazon does have a, a market for that. But yeah, you can do use stuff through Amazon also. A lot so more you, rigid structure. So Allison, you're not on Amazon. No, I never have been. Was that something that you consciously did or was it something that just it was, never came about? Um, no, I looked into it probably a year ago, but the majority of what I sell is used stuff. So it just didn't seem like the right market. Like I had a camera to sell, so I did sell that on Amazon. But I think that's my one and only Amazon sale. <laughs> And, and I don't know how, how it is for you, Allison, but for me, every single week that I do this, I end up finding new products, new markets, new places to sell where I'm, I'm not even trying to be on every marketplace. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, there's at least for the amount of work that I'm wanting to put in on a weekly basis, there's not enough time. Yeah, I do find that. I've, I like a couple years ago, I had to go, okay, I don't need to work. 90 hours a week or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like I could, I, I mean, like you, you could work all day every day and continue to make money and just go with it. But you want to have a life and a good balance. And yeah. do you bring in a team at that point or have you? I never have. I, I probably could. I think some of it is just control for me. And it just, I don't, I don't know what I would have somebody else do. And I don't think volume wise I'm there. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I just, I haven't, 
I haven't felt the need is enough to justify the cost. How about you, man? So for me, again, and just being in connected into a business community, there's always been a conversation of how can we help, how can we contribute? And once I reach the level of I'm working the amount of hours that I really want to work, okay, where is there to grow from there? I mean, for me, that has been a consistent part of my experience as a business owner of just recognizing that my business is a reflection of really the level that I'm operating at. I mean, in a very structural sort of way. And you are correct. You do reach a point of if you're a one person shop, you hit your max capacity and then there's not there's nowhere else to grow. So then it can come through the way of having better systems. Um, Also, you could expand like by literally having access to greater capital. I mean, if you're doing the same, if it takes the same amount of work to sell a $10 shirt and a $100 shirt, selling $100 shirts will let you scale your business up. And then also into literally collaboration, whether it's bringing in employees in a part-time way or really starting to scale up. And that's really kind of the discussion that I'm starting to get into. I've started dipping my toes in. And again, I've learned how to bring people in to help. But I just I haven't I haven't found the right ratio yet to really mm-hmm. start bringing on that first employee, and that's a, you know there's just it's, it just suddenly changes the character of what your business mm-hmm. is. Suddenly you're worrying about payroll, and it just it adds this whole other complication. I know for me, my primary motivation as a business owner is freedom. Like I want to have the freedom to work when I want to work and not work when I want to work, not don't want to work. But having employees, you know, it's making a commitment. Yeah. Well, I guess it's that ninety hour. Which I don't do anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I, I wouldn't be able to see even doing that for a week, let alone having that being the structure of the business. It w- I mean, I, it was early on and it was just so exciting. You know, it was exciting to be making money and it was exciting to be my own boss and be in control of everything and make my own schedule. So it was just, I just was go, 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 go. Let's keep going. And then I was like, okay, wait, I haven't taken a day off in yeah. how long? Like, I got to gotta just simmer down a little bit. So... It's that it's that pace that you can maintain. Totally, the, yeah. Which was not oh realistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I think that is a real big piece of when you do go into business for yourself. Of, I mean, working coming from the corporate world, which is part of my background, like the structure is already laid out. You know when you have to be there. You know when your lunch is. You know how long it is. You know when you leave. Mm-hmm. Not having any of that structure, there's a lot of freedom to play, and I think it's a very natural process for entrepreneurs to suddenly throw their balance completely off. Um, for me, it went the other way. Like suddenly I had the freedom and no boss, so I didn't have to do anything. So I didn't necessarily do anything <laughs> for a while, which, you know, again, also not a very sustainable strategy. Mm-hmm. And then you just, over time, you have to just iterate and try things and figure out what the right balance is. You know, what's the right amount of time of just little self-care? Yeah. Like if you're a one-person operation, you have to maintain your own well-being physically, mentally, and And you've got kids, else. too. Mm-hmm. And if you get sick, then what? You know? Yeah. You've got to balance it well. Yeah. The only dependent I have is a tree, and that's, I can, that's <laughs> the level of Sometimes that's a lot of work. Handle. I don't know. <laughs> a tree. <laughs> I thought a plant would be busy enough, but no. It's a, a tree. It's a full-on tree. What kind of tree is this? <laughs> uh, well, it's, so, again, this, the tree has a little bit of a story just because it was, um, uh, my grandfather on my mother's side passed away probably about 10 years ago, and some of the family members bought a tree, 
which my mother then was very like whenever she traveled, you know, she kept up then I had to come over and then when she traveled, I had to take care of the tree while she was gone. And then she decided to move to go be with the grandkids. And then my actually taking the tree on was was one of the was something to be actively managed before she was able to leave. So. So, yeah, it's a it's a tree with some history at this point. What kind That's of tree fun. is this? <laughs> The giving tree. We need details. I, I also need details. All I know is it's a tree and I water it. And well, you're keeping it alive, so that's good. That's, yeah. Well, well you done. Know. Well yeah. done. Someday I'll be able to have a pet again. We'll see. Is this like a bonsai tree? Like no. an indoor no, tree? It's, or like, it's an like outdoor? Five or six tree. Indoor tree, about five or six feet tall. Okay, got it. I will provide a reference picture. You send us a picture. picture. Yes, okay. I, will, yeah. I will provide Maybe. a reference but picture. I'd like to talk to you about business stuff, but I really want to talk about the tree. <laughs> Wasn't my, part of my intention of what we were going to talk about today, but here we are anyway. It's all about grace. Here we are. <laughs> so, Greg, you said um, one of your main um, desires for being in business for yourself is the freedom. Mm -hmm. So what do you see since you've been in business for yourself has opened up for you as far as that freedom? Like, I know you said you've been trying to find the balance, but, like, what does that look like? What kinds of things have you been doing in your life? Um, so for me... Taking care I, of the tree. Taking care of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, that's, that's a, you know. Top priority. Yeah, it's top priority. No. Um, I, honestly, for me, it's a, it comes from a place of really wanting to be of service. Yeah. Um, I mean, that to me has always been what my motivation's been. I mean, back when I was young and had no idea how the world worked, I thought, I'm going to go into management. That'll be the best way for me to be of service to other people. Just because I know, you know, I have a very strong technical background. I'm left-brained, I think, instructor. But people is really where my heart has always been. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I got the opportunity to go into business, it really, it allowed me that real technical background where I could just spend, you know, for me, my business is math. Like, I don't see fashion. I don't see what looks good or doesn't. Like, I just see math. Mm -hmm. But it really created time for me to volunteer in my spiritual organization, mm -hmm. to serve in the networking community that I work in or that I'm, that I'm a member of. I was a member and then moved to become a director, basically supporting other chapters of small business owners. Um, and also kind of really attending to my personal growth. Mm -hmm. um, Landmark Worldwide is an organization I'm associated with and I'm very happy to give my time there as well, so. Mm -hmm. How about you, Allison? Where do you see your freedom kind of coming in and what's the what's your I think outside fun freedom just time with the kids it started off I mean I used to take care of my grandma so eBay was super great for that because mm -hmm. it was really flexible and I could you know do all sorts of stuff for her um, now that I have kids it's just the ability to take them to school and drop them off and do Christmas performances and all that stuff that I'd be missing if I was in Wait, an office. Wait, you're doing Christmas performances? I, no, I mean like going to. Oh. Not <laughs> in it. Come on. Wow. Are you the tree? <laughs> <laughs> if you need a Christmas tree, I have one available. <laughs> I know a guy with a tree. <laughs> no, but being able to attend all that stuff has always been super important to me. Mm -hmm. And just having the freedom and flexibility to be able to go do that stuff mm -hmm. and not miss out is super important. And my kids are little, and I think that they'll hopefully remember that I'm there and I'm present and able to be there for them. Oh, Not only awesome. that, but they have a mom now who's just like the embodiment of being an entrepreneur and a leader and being able to provide all that. So imagine how your kids are going to grow up in that environment. That's true. Hopefully they'll That's be huge. hustlers. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> in a good way. I was thinking boss, but all right. Hustlers it is. I think that's part of being a boss. You have to be a hustler. You know, you've got to have that drive and the go and... Be a go-getter. I saw I saw Greg flinch there, but 
Do you agree? Is there agreement? It just got loud. That was really all. Okay. (laughs) The bosses showed up. (laughs) That's funny. So what do you think, Greg? Do you think you have to be a hustler to be a boss? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's... I know for me that has been one of the biggest challenges that I've had to face in the road of entrepreneurship. Um, for me, I was always, I mean, just the background I was raised in was one of that the plan to be successful is to go to the most complicated technical school you can, work for the biggest company you possibly could, be there for 40 years, and then when all the finances are kind of taken care of, then you can really figure out what you want to do with your life. And that just never, it just never worked for me. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, if the whole corporate thing's not for me and I'm so touched, moved, and inspired by the possibility of being my own boss, well then, okay, well, what's that look like? I had no idea when mm-hmm. I started. I had no idea what it would take. And, I mean, to me, I understand for some people it occurs as a, like, the hustle. To me, what it really occurs as is like this just, really this great simplification when I worked in the corporate world things were complicated because you had to handle every you know you have a boss and they have a boss and they have a boss and there's three layers of people that you have to if you want to be truly successful understand what they're looking for and what they want and and just really kind of figure that out then you have coworkers, and then for me being in kind of a middle management role well, then I had employees so now I'm suddenly in the middle between all of these separate people that just want to come to work and or be with their kids or go out on the weekends or what like it suddenly to me I felt like I was being tugged in a hundred different directions. When I really began getting deeper into being an entrepreneur, I found that my life just got very plain and very simple. And I mean that in a very, very positive way. Mm. Like, you know, if I'm my process is to go shopping to find things that I can sell, prepare them to be shipped, and ship them. <laughs> and that's it. And then when I'm done with that, I do it again, mm-hmm. and then I do it again, and then I. So to me, like the hustle to me is just a result of things getting really simple, mm-hmm. of just cutting out all the extraneous noise and really figuring out what matters. Like for me, my ability to be of service is something that is so important to me that it just makes everything else around it simple. And I just hearing you talk about the time you get to spend with your children, like I'm struck by that same thing. Like being an entrepreneur lets you just cut away all the stuff that doesn't matter. I think for me, like the hustle's an internal game. Yeah. Like there's this inside, like I have to do something or it has to be a certain way. But when you really cut down, it is very simple. Like it's do this and it equals that. Done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And having clarity around what it is you actually want makes it a whole lot easier to hustle, you know. And like originally hustle to me meant like you have to work hard to make it. And really like you can view it as working hard or you can just view it as I'm doing what there is to be done to get it done. And then it does become simple, like you said, well, like you and, said, Greg. And I guess for me where a big change has come is that idea of quote unquote making it. Mm-hmm. Like it's to me when I started as a business owner, I was very committed to making it. 
with no idea what making it even looked like. <laughs> I was like. gonna say, what is yeah. making it? Can you tell me? Because I don't know if I'm there. Well, and I don't know if we ever get there. I don't know. I'm okay with that. Well, but but to me, the making it is when I have a day that from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to sleep, I'm engaged in the things that are most important to me, mm-hmm. that make the biggest difference for me and the people that I love and care about and the causes that matter to me and the things that I'm committed to. Mm-hmm. And one of the joys of business ownership, I, I didn't get this until I was a business owner, but it's the day where you've literally been going for 14, 16 straight hours and you sit back and you go, oh my gosh, I got so much done. I feel great about it. And there's so much more to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's what my life is. Mm-hmm. And to me, there's like a moment of just leaning back and being like, okay, this is my life. That to me is what making it is. Mm-hmm. It's the journey. It's the who I got to be during the day. All mm-hmm. right, I'm there. Like, that's it. <laughs> Seems so fun and peaceful. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, who is Greg? <laughs> he just like a I need some more Greg piece. in my life. Like, <laughs> and a tree. Like, yeah, I definitely need a tree. The, the tree is definitely a part of the package. So. You have a lot more calm going on in your life than I do. Um. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Right, it's good energy. Yeah. So I may have missed this because my phone call cut out when I got into the elevator to get in here. <laughs> but I was curious, where do you see your business expanding? Like, do you see it growing into something else or are you just going to keep on the same path or what i don't know that's kind of where i'm at right now yeah. is trying to figure out what's next where i can take it to get it bigger or more profitable mm. um i really don't know yeah i don't have a good answer for that well, where, do you, where do you search those out like where do you go for like advice or mentorship or i have a couple other friends that do ebay and we've oh. done it for years so yeah. even though i don't really have co-workers i feel like they are because we'll bounce ideas off each other or you know, if we have a problem about something, I'll call them and just help, you know, as a sounding board, help me work through situations or stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe just get together with them and kind of figure out, like, what could I do next? Um, I don't know why wine showed up in my head, but, yeah, is there wine involved? Right. off them. <laughs> For us, there's always wine involved. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that helps <laughs> figure yeah, out where you're everything. going. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. So I don't know. I'm I don't know. I'm doing more stuff working with Everardo in the photo studio and so I I I'm not sure what's where the wind's going to blow me this year, but I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, that's a cool space to be in. Yeah. I mean, not attached to how it's supposed to look, but just being open for something to show yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and excited about that. Yeah, and in your like collaboration with your your friends who also do it, like all of the ideas can come up and mm-hmm. you can see what happens. Yeah. That's neat. How about you, Greg? I know you touched on it a little bit. I heard you. But is there anything else there for you? Well, actually, what you just were pointing at to me has been one of the great joys of being a business owner is having that not attachment, that freedom to really just explore things as they come up. And not only that, but to really let go of things that don't necessarily work anymore. I know that there's products like the first year I was in business I mean, I don't mind saying this, like the, I would say probably 60 or 70% of my, of what I did the first year was mostly craft paper. Like literally I'd go to Hobby Lobby when stuff was on sale and then I'd sell it on Amazon. Like that's what I did. Hmm. And then other people found out about it and suddenly the margins got worse and it's like, okay, my business just pivots into the next incarnation, which like the next thing happened to be 
socks. I did a lot of athletic socks, you know, Nike branded socks. I had permission to sell. It was great. And then six months later, that wasn't as available. And so for me, like, I feel like even just the, the business I have, the one wing of it, which is Amazon, has evolved already four or five times. And that's, to me, a big part of what makes entrepreneurship so interesting is you get to be in conversations and then suddenly you find out about something that you didn't know about and then you can look in it and then you can pursue it or not pursue it. I mean, to me, it really comes of a, of a feeling of like a actively pursuing what interests you mm. rather than kind of passively waiting for things to come to you. Mm. In the corporate world, it felt a lot like I was on a, con you know, standing at the end of a conveyor belt and I can see things coming, but there's nothing you can do about it. Like that's just the next thing that's coming at you. Whereas to me, being an entrepreneurship is a lot like if you go to a restaurant all the time and they update the menu every month. So every time you get to go in, you get to open it up and be like, oh, what's on the menu? Oh, they have my favorite. That's still, okay, great, I'll have that. Or, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little exotic today. I'm going to try some of that. <laughs> exotic. Well, and, and to me, like, what's, what's really in the future of my business is, like, I recognize that the business I have is absolutely a reflection of how much I've tried to keep things very personal to me. Mm. And I... I mean, just as a part of being in the networking world, I turn down referrals of business because it's either something that I don't know how to handle, haven't figured out to handle, or I'm literally just at capacity. So there's tons of, I, th I think one of the things that business ownership is really good at as well is it will show you whatever is the thing that's limiting you from moving forward. Mm. In, in business, there, at least to me, it occurs that there's constantly a pressure, or maybe it's just the way I've built my life, to step up to what the next level is. I think if you pay attention, that's everywhere in life. Yeah. Like there's always something that's like, okay, this needs attention. Mm. You may want to water me today <laughs> or else. <laughs> I mean, the tree's kind enough to start shedding leaves whenever it gets to that point. So. That's awesome. Yeah, you gotta pay attention. Yeah. yeah. I like that you pointed to, it'll show you like where you need to grow or what limits you. I totally see that in, in my business in the salon, what limits me is like my fear of talking to people. Like I'm looking at your hair right now and I'm like, oh my God, her hair is amazing. But then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't say that. Like, you know, <laughs> but like, why? Why can't I talk to strangers in public and be like, I really want to do your hair. I have a vision for it. I need it done. It's getting a little crazy cat lady-ish. <laughs> and I'm just like, how much has that limited me? Because I've been in the business for 10 and a half years and it's been a common theme the whole 10 and a half years, my fear of talking to people. And I'm like, I could probably do it, be doing celebrities' hair at this point, not just having a small salon in Scottsdale. <laughs> it's time to it's face your fears. It's a growing salon in Scottsdale. <laughs> yeah, a growing salon, yes. Have you seen anything, Elisa, for you that limits you, that has been shown to oh, you? Oh, all the time. I mean, there's definitely the, the hustle, which is funny because it triggered me. I'm like, oh, my God, that hustle word. It's just like, <laughs> oh, who wants to be around me when I'm hustling? <laughs> but it's, it's definitely getting to that peace within like knowing that I've that I've done things like this like I've owned a clothing store and it's funny because I'm just like seeing such a like there were seasonal clothes there was the ones you had to put on sale you know how the bottom line is like it was just this fun world of keep evolving and keep buying and the buying trips that you would just score on that thing that was just gonna be the hit and you know you can multiply it by four and make a huge profit and yeah it was just a game for me so it's I, such a I, high when that happens, oh. too. 
<laughs> my mouth is watering. It's like, <laughs> the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's the reaction my body has. But, you know, it, it's just such a fun thing to have. And then I, I get the whole collaborating. And then who do you trust to actually have these thoughts with? And, you know, and realizing, okay, growth is needed. And in what capacity? And, you know, what am I going to try? And what's the the path of least resistance sometimes is just, you know, right there in front of you and you don't want to take it, which is talking to people. (laughs) I know. So, yeah, it's all fun. Mm -hmm. It's really, really fun. Mm -hmm. So, Greg, to me, you're like this tranquil, wise monk, right? And I know that you have like... Bonsai tree. (laughs) (laughs) You have like these spiritual um, beliefs and, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you said that you have... What did you even say? You have a lot of stuff going on with your spirituality. Can you share something about that? Well, I mean, I say a lot of things, so I don't know what specifically you're pointing to. Well, you said it here. You said, like, I have the freedom for my spiritual service or yeah. pursuits or whatever you said. Well, I mean, to me, in this, so I, I go, I wax philosophic very often, so I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> but so all of us in this room, either in our purse or in our pockets, has a device that has access to more information than has ever been available before in the history of humanity. Anything in the world that we wanted to know, we can now know. Like quite literally you can put the checkbox on that, like knowing is completely covered. Mm. But what we as individuals, as a collective, as a community are doing with that hasn't necessarily, to me, risen to that same level. So to me, we have this amazing freedom and capacity as human beings to create any world in the world that we, anything that we want in the world now. But our level of thinking, our level of being hasn't necessarily risen with that. Mm -hmm. So to me, that spiritual, I mean, for many people it'll occur as religious or spiritual or personal or self-improvement, like whatever, whatever section of the bookstore you want to be in is fine. But we have the ability, in my opinion, to create an entirely different world than the one we have right now. Mm-hmm. And all that is between where we are and that is literally just the stuff that we're not willing to let go of. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of us, we just had the conversation about as a business owner. I mean, all of us as business owners can know probably right now we could rattle off five things that are preventing us from going something big or something next. And my assertion is that at the base of all of that, it's just stuff to let go of, to give up. Either the feeling of not trusting or not being trusted, or maybe the feeling of, well, I can open my mouth, but they're not going to hear me or whatever it is. So for me, like the journey of self-improvement is about giving up. And for me, my business is a metaphor for that. Mm. I mean, quite literally, quite literally, like I do go to stores and buy stuff and resell, but I also connect with people for things that they have in their house that they no longer have use for. We're quite literally, it is a giving up for them. Um, just this week, actually, Alicia, you and I went over to someone that was giving up a whole, just a number of things. and it was clear to see that it was connected to like a very personal struggle for this person. And it's like, Oh wow. Like I really get to help facilitate for that person a letting go of that and something new will be created for her. And this is going to go somewhere where it can help somebody through something similar. 
and that's where my business lives. Like I really, I mean, I've jokingly said I'm a professional regifter. Like that's, that, <laughs> that's what you I do. Are. That's so funny. I mean, yeah, like that's literally. I mean, if you think about it, it regifting. You get something at Christmas that's just it's not exactly right for you. Let me get it to somebody that it's right for. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that we're as we're not missing anything. Maybe there's a little bit more over here and a little less over here. If I guess get to be the person that connects that, and my life gets made out of that, then that's just a wonderful place to play in. I think it's such a good, like, extraordinary way to look at life. Like, there's such an involvement that's just coming up from people. And, and I know the organizers are just, like, having a great time with this. And there's Marie Kondo. I don't know if you know Marie Kondo. She's, she wrote a book called Spark Joy. And she mm-hmm. talks about oh, how our things. Show, oh, my God. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's funny because I just picked up her book off of someone's, re- you know, like, recommendation. Mm-hmm. And then the show showed up. And, like, the the show is amazing, too. Is. Like, seeing people like close to just having such you know disasters in their relationship to just like finding love again just from giving their things away Mm -hmm. and just creating a life and a home that's just made out of the things that they love and i'm just like this is it like there's something here that we're not always available to see it because we're so caught up with so many things around us but i think it's great I think it's great to let go and just be with the things you really love. Mm-hmm. I love how you mentioned <clears throat> being a connector of like less than and, and more or whatever. It just reminds me two years ago, I was dating somebody who flips houses and he would show me some of the befores of the houses. You know, some people literally just up and leave all of their belongings and leave because they're in a bad situation. So he brought me to this house in a Philadelphia suburb. And I'm looking around, I'm like, it literally looks like someone still lives here. There's food in the pantry, there's like TVs, there's kids Mm -hmm. stuff all over the place. And the house had been abandoned for almost a year. And I was like, what are you gonna do with all this stuff? He's like, oh, we're bringing in the junk removal people in a couple days, like we have to do this quick. I'm like, why would you give this to, why would you put this in the junkyard? This is perfectly good furniture, clothes, everything. I was like, can I please list all this stuff and at the very least just give it to someone who needs it? He's like, yeah, if you can do it in three or four days, sure. And I'm just like, it's unreal that there's so many things that could be recycled that could go to good homes. You know, I actually bagged up, I think, seven kids' clothes bags. I'm like, there are tons of struggling mothers who would love to have free baby clothes for their baby who they can barely feed. You know what I mean? So I just love what you said about being the connector of that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like making the world of trade again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. No, we're pointing at Allison. I have to go. <laughs> I'm sad. I don't Any want final to. words for us? Any? Oh, thanks for having me, you guys. I miss uh, you. It's so good to I see know. you. You're such a blast. Oh, you too. I heard you have a birthday coming up on a special day. I do. Which we also have an event that I I'm heard. hoping you'll attend. I was like, can't we just go? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, oh, good. I heard it. It's I, on. I, I was like, let's just go. Like, can yeah. I wear a fancy dress? Cause yes. Oh, yeah. Then I'm I, in. Actually, you could be in the fashion show if you'd like. I'm sure we know some people that would love to dress you up mm-hmm. I mean, I and do, do your hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> and it is skin and hair show, so. Okay, yeah. Oh. You've yeah, got, let's you've got both of those things, skin and hair. You do. <laughs> some of us only have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. Funny. Yeah, let's talk. Because when he told me the date, I was like, well, I... You know, know, as we get older, I feel like birthdays are not that big of a deal. Well, so. as a fellow Pisces, I know how those days are. 
And I share, actually share my birthday with my mom and my daughter too. We that just, is so We great. have the same birthday. So what? birthdays, yeah, birthdays growing up, it was always just like, oh, when can we all get together this month and just uh, do a big that's thing? That's what we're thinking. So, yeah, yeah, our family has like seven birthdays in February. Yeah, we have a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, all right, let's just some random Sunday get together and we'll uh, do it all in one shebang. So. You'll just have to join us. Let's yeah. just have no, a big I'm February down. birthday. I'm totally down. That sounds great. Awesome. Thanks Yay. so much for yeah. sharing oh your gosh. wisdom and your Thanks knowledge. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah. I do want to connect with you because I feel like I need some more Greg peace in my life. Oh. <laughs> It'd be my a little less hustle and a little bit more peace. So. I like that. Maybe that's yes. the name of the show. Oh, that's perfect. Hustle that's, and peace. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. All right. Thank you, everybody, oh, for thank having you. me. Nice meeting you. We'll see you, you next time. Bye. Lovely to meet you. But we will continue with our peace conversation and the connection of what we bring to the world. And Okay, so when Christina mentioned your name, she's like, there's another side to Gret that you may not know, and it's mm-hmm. this huge spiritual side, and like, I got to see a little bit of it, and there's also like, you also are vegetarian, like there's a lot to you that actually you don't usually share, and are you willing to share some of that side? Well, I mean, it's been shared currently now, so sure, yeah, yeah let's go for it. As I open the jar. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, So for me... And, you know, I, I've always, I've always had the, just, I've always been a very sensitive, emotional person, Mm -hmm. which I figured out at a very young age made me really, really good at speaking to people. Just because for me, I was able to really connect to what they were feeling. Like really empathy is something that's strong for me. And it just allowed me to really just get connected to people. I've always been somebody that people feel safe with, and I really work at kind of cultivating that. So as I was younger, like in my spiritual journey, I was raised Catholic, which didn't work for me. So since that didn't work for me, but it did work for these people that were important in my life, I assumed there was something wrong over here, Mm. which kind of led for a bit of a search for meaning. Um, The first place I ended up doing that was actually through the martial arts. I did Shaolin Kung Fu for about six years, um, got my black sash, and that really allowed me to kind of get my toe in the world of like meditation. And then after I learned to punch and kick sufficiently, I was like, okay, like now this meditation thing is what I'm really ready to do. <laughs> and then I really went into that and I just began having intense experiences. Um, the very, apparently something very exciting is happening outside. Um, <laughs> The first experience that I had with a particular yoga that I did, like I just, I had visions. Like I just started seeing things that I had no rational, no left-brained explanation for what was going on. And it really just unlocked in me this, this real spiritual quest that I was on. And I followed that for a while and it really helped me get to almost like a place of emptiness, which a lot of meditation is designed to, just to clear everything away and reach a place of peace. And then that was kind of it. Like I could get to peace and then whenever I opened my eyes, the world was there again. And so then I really decided to throw myself into my career, into management. You know, I climbed as high as I did in that. And then being a business owner, then became this new world for me to play in. And then from there, I really reconnected with my spiritual path over like the last three years or so. And really for me, I now see what I used to do was very self-centered where there was something wrong between the world and me 
And all I can do is like cope with it. Like that's what it is. My job is to cope. Mm -hmm. That's where I used to be. But now what I've really come to understand is as I take that journey inward, it actually creates space in the world around me for other people to experience that. Like when I get to share the story, like what I'm doing now, other people get to have that same experience of peace, of purpose, of really having a spiritual mission in the world to fulfill. And to me, I've realized, like, I started this business that I have long before I got connected to my purpose for it. But I really see that what I'm engaged in, what I'm truly doing, is helping other people let go of the things that might have been there. I mean, one of my favorite movies is Fight Club. And one of the lines that they have in there that Tyler Durden says is the things that you own end up owning you. Yeah. People. <clears throat> I, I mean, thought it was first rule of Fight Club. <laughs> well, you don't talk about that. But I mean, just but that's that, a great line. It, it is, is a so great truth. It, is, it does. It is a great line. And, and that is really what is so the mm-hmm. the. just the way people we try to address what's happening inside by addressing what's happening on the outside and vice versa Mm. it's a I mean retail therapy is a word that people know because there's something happening in here that I want to fix out there and what I really have found for most people is they have way more stuff than they know what to do with do you think it becomes an addiction at some point I mean it can be like anything I guess absolutely I mean it's a you know, it's a it's a coping mechanism. Mm. If something so if it feels good, yeah, it feels good. Mm. I mean, it's the same thing as you know, getting a pint of ice cream after your boyfriend dumps you, or what have you, or or having a bad day at work, and then you're going to go to the bar, right? Like it's it's ways of addressing whatever's happening there. And for me, like when I tell people what I do, it is not uncommon for people to come up to me and go, "Oh my gosh, I have this stuff." It's in the closet, it's in the garage, it's whatever. Mm. And they have a feeling of just being stuck. Like, I am literally stuck with this stuff. That's what happened with my friend. After talking about you, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to organize. And then the next call, listen, can you pick up seven boxes? I'm like, (laughs) all right. And thank you was her, like, the peace that she had. And just like, thank you for just making this have a home that's really deserving of it. Well, Mm -hmm. and, and... And on the the front end, if you would, that is consistently the experience that I have Mm -hmm. of just connecting with people that literally they have stuff, it owns them, Mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do. They understand, like, yeah, I can donate, you know, like some people get motivated and just drive a truck to the Salvation Army and give stuff, and that's fantastic. But really there is a relief that people experience when they're able to just let go Mm -hmm. of the stuff that just maybe it was a phase of their life a hobby they used to do or a reminder of another time in their life and on the back end of it it creates what you had talked about earlier Christina of really being able to get things to a place where they make a difference I mean it's just it really I I feel like I just have the opportunity to create win-win situations everywhere Mm -hmm. just everywhere don't you just want to go organize now? You know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I frequently always try to like clear space, clear space, clear space. I swear, like every two months I'm throwing things out, giving them away, mm. just like stuff that doesn't work for me. And I feel like I've tried to keep a very minimalist approach. 
and I'm on the other side of like actually making a difference for people. Like you are the the person who connects and you recycle things. I've always been the one that consi- like gets consigned to everything. Like mm-hmm. when I look at my room, I didn't buy my dresser. I got my dresser for free. Wow. Uh, my bed frame, my mattress. You know, some people some people would not use a secondhand mattress. I don't care. This mattress was slept in like ten times, and a vanity and a chair, and literally it's all recycled. Like it was once someone's, and it made a huge difference that I was able to get it either for free or super cheap. And then I'm able to just have these things that are perfectly good. And I didn't have to spend $1,600 on a couch. I spent 200 mm. you know? So, like, to me, it's always made a huge difference because I've grown up struggling as a mm. young adult. And um, had those things not been available, I would have struggled even harder. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And same thing with my mom growing up, too. You know, single mom working three jobs, um, no other support system, really. And just so I could have a new pair of sneakers every year. And she has, um, you know, been fortunate to have been given things like that and been consigned and recycle things and all that stuff. So your vision is real and it helps people. Yeah. Well, and and even you can see this. I, I personally am not much of a social media person, but I know there's a whole world of people that are in the space of finding things that were maybe new or old or used and then in the world of revamping them or repainting them or like mm-hmm. that whole and again it becomes a place of self-expression for them like if you you know if you 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 know ikea hacks i think is what they're called like where you literally can get stuff from ikea and then it's the painting and the combination and then it becomes really this place of just self-expression there's just there's so much potential on, on just both sides of the equation i really i truly feel blessed to just be able to be in both of those worlds and really connect across them so wow there's like so much potential with that too like there's so Mm -hmm. much you can do like i'm just thinking of like organizers you can reach out to and just connect with them and collaborate and just so then it just becomes a conversation of what's in the way for me that i need to give up so that i can can grow a warehouse at this point because that (laughs) just would be the next step yeah Mm -hmm. Well, and having a huge team of people. Mm-hmm. And like what I see for you, Greg, is like even taking it virtual, actually creating a virtual course on how to buy and sell things to make a living. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of, I'm not going to stereotype, but like, you know, stay at home moms, people who just like want to do something, love shopping, all kinds of stuff. And if they could just purchase a, a course to teach them how to do that, I mean, then you have the scope of the world. Instead of just the people you take to these stores and teach them, you could teach them virtually. You might save a lot of marriages. Well, well that's <laughs> certainly a lot of fun. And and I was grinning widely as you were saying that uh-huh. because the way that I actually got into this was from a family member who was a stay-at-home mom looking for something to do on the side. Mm. She actually began originally like all the lady folk in my in my direct family are crafters, you know, quilters or they do all sorts of stuff. So one of them had a business on Etsy for a while, literally where she was making bracelets and had a metal stamp. And like she just did that for many years until eventually just got, you know, kind of sick of it. And then, okay, what's the next thing? That's where she learned about people that are selling on Amazon. She had been doing that for about six months. And when I heard about it, you know, my other sister directed me to her. And then that's really kind of where I got my start. Hmm. So, So really I did come from somebody from that not necessarily a struggling perspective, but really looking for that different alternate way to make a living, to interact with the world, and mm-hmm. and just definitely coming from that reusing, 
you know, just finding a second life for things. So totally. Anything else? No. It's been an awesome conversation. Oh. <laughs> well, and and just even again hearing like what happened just right here, both the two of you have a vision for what my company could be bigger necessarily not necessarily but bigger than what I currently hold for what it is mm -hmm. and that to me is really one of the, just the biggest things about collaboration is when you share what you're up to people are going to see they're going to have a different perspective they're going to have a different vision and that can really be just a huge advantage for a business owner yeah. if you're ever curious about where you're stuck share your business with people mm -hmm. because they will they will inspire you they will see the things that you don't say to really let you well, find what that anyone. collaboration is. Share with people you actually want to be similar with. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I give that out because I think there's certain times that I've shared that it's just gone down. Like, forget it. Don't even do it. My experience has been that if you are in the world of entrepreneurs, that generally they are, they're in, they understand what it's like to really have to be the person that builds their life every yeah. day. Mm -hmm. So they're generally going to start looking at it. And, and you know, I get no shortage of unsolicited advice and that's okay. <laughs> but again, it's, yeah. it's giving you the perspective, you know, I mean, people have opinions, but at least for me, there's so much value in getting those different perspectives to help you see the things that you can't see yourself. Yeah. Different point of views. Yeah. yeah. And that takes a level of vulnerability too. Cause even if you share your business with them, they might think you got it all together. Like, yeah, I got this cool business. But if you actually share with them, like, yeah, you know, I have this business and I, I'm struggling with this aspect. Like, I'm struggling with getting a constant flow of new clients. And you just are vulnerable and share that. That person might have literally six new things for you to consider that you've never considered. Or they could be like, well, you know, it, it seems like you kind of come off a little insecure. Maybe like finding some confidence and be able to, being able to ask for that business. So mm -hmm. it's like they have new ideas of who you need to be to be that person and also some new actions for you to take. So there's a piece of vulnerability in there too, I think. I like that. And with that, our show is done. Complete. Thank awesome. you, Greg. Thank you, Allison You're out there. Welcome. And just go clean something up and donate it or give it out or sell it or recycle. I'm going to go do that when I get home. <laughs> All right. I might join you. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. Take care. <laughs>